in a world full of straight people. Aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? And so much more. Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, actor, and podcaster, but my main thing is that I'm a gay man who loves sex in the city. I know, did you ever hear of such a thing? And with my overwhelming excitement for season two of And Just Like That, I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no. But my dream was to sit down with my very own Mirandas and Charlottes and Che Diaz's to unpack the stories and themes of the show. My dream was to start a conversation, a community, a movement to bring back Samantha. And just like Matt, my dream came true. Well, folks, winter is coming. In fact, it's already here because today we're talking about, and just like that, episode 206, The Bomb Cyclone. We're trudging through the snow in a gorgeous sleeping bag because we've got to get to WidowCon. We're buying condoms for our children. We're dealing with transport logistics. And we are composing emails to Aiden. Because as we all know, one day soon, this storm shall pass. So we're already planning our summer vacays. Carrie is renting a house in the Hamptons with Seema, but I'll tell you who I'd like to take a girl's trip with, and that is this week's guests, Anna Ortiz and Danielle Schneider. You know Anna, of course, from Ugly Betty and Devious Maids and Love, Victor and so much more. Danielle has written on everything from It's Always Sunny to the actual Oscars and co-hosts your favorite podcast, Bitch Sesh, with our own Casey Rose Wilson, which you must subscribe to through their new Empire Garbage World. But Danielle's most important accomplishment is that when she appeared on Watch What Happens Live and the Drew Barrymore show, she had her hair done by none other than Ricardo Rojas, who plays Seema's hairdresser, Juan Jose, on our show. That's right. Art imitating life, imitating hair. This is maybe the most important thing that's ever happened to us, but here's the thing. This episode is so jam-packed that we forgot to talk about it. We were too busy chatting about sex and friend breakups and pooping and parenting and everything else under the sun. And just like Matt, Anna and Danielle are here. Let me first have you introduce yourselves so the listeners can get to know your gorgeous voices. <laughs> oh, I am Anna Ortiz and um, big, big Sex in the City, huge fan and and just like that. And that's what I, I had to say, Matt, when you came through, and I believe it was on Bitch Sesh, Danielle, if I'm not wrong, when I was listening to you, Matt, because you're such a favorite of mine. But when you came through and you were defending it, to the core, I finally felt seen and understood and heard. And I was so thankful because I love, love, love the show, obviously, but I loved the reincarnation of it. I loved what it was doing. I loved seeing my girls again. It gave me just such joy and happiness and to hear everybody sort of like poo-pooing on it. It made me so, so upset. And I felt like I was on an island alone. And here comes Matt McConkie riding to the rescue. And I just, I really just love you for a million reasons, but that I I just felt very kindred spirit with you. That is very kind of you. (laughs) Then my work here is done. And I I do want to talk a lot more about all the things that I've done right for this (laughs) franchise. We'll come back to that, but we are joined today by our dear friend, this is Danielle Schneider, co-host of Bitch Sash, co-writer of Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Just want to get both <laughs> of those <laughs> credits out there. And a friend of Anna Ortiz and Matt McConkie Grassi, as it is. I insisted Anna obviously be introduced first as she's a huge star and I'm just merely a player. But I am also a lover of Sex and the City and I too had thoughts on sex in the city and and just like that you know I think we get used to things that we love and we don't want them to change and grow 
and we certainly don't want them to age. And <laughs> but but Matt McConkey, you came on Bitch Sesh last year, or last season, as it were, and you sort of turned my head around. And so I I came to it this season with a different set of thoughts, and I'm grateful for that as well. I'm so glad that we got your head on straight. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome home. Welcome home, baby. Thank you for um, still still welcoming me here. Do you identify as, you know, a Carrie, a Miranda, or what have you, Anna? Uh, I mean, I guess there's a little bit in, of these girls and all of us. It's funny because one of my closest friends is Mark and Delicato, who played my kid on Ugly Betty. And um, and he was on Bitch Sash. Yeah. Yes, he's I love like it. one he's of my so favorite, funny. favorite human beings. And we obviously talk about Sex and City. And I still think of him as your son, and that's how I view him in this world. So, but I also don't think you could <laughs> yeah. have a son his age. So that's I, also I, hard for me. So it's I like I'm trying to. Absolutely could. He's mm-hmm. going to be 29 soon. So yeah, there's that. I mean, I would have been a young mother, of course. But you um, still are. Um, you still are. <laughs> Shut up. But he had said we were talking and we, you know, we often fight about everything that we love and like. And um, I was, I think he said that he was a Charlotte. And I was like, well, I'm a Carrie. He's like, you wish you were a Carrie. You are not a Carrie. I disagree. I do think you're a Carrie. I think I think you're a mixture. I think you're a little bit Carrie. I think you're Samantha in the sense, I don't, I think you're a Samantha in the sense that you say how you feel feel and you're a, and you're fabulous you know what I mean like and you're not afraid to go off especially when your friends are involved and that is Samantha to me and I think those qualities of Samantha I see those in you big time oh that's so nice D. I, I don't think, think you're a Miranda and I don't think you're a Charlotte I definitely don't think I'm a Charlotte although I adore Charlotte and there's part of me that sort of like wishes I could but she's so like put together she's so type a and i'm just absolutely not at all that and so i i think i get i mean i guess i because of carrie the way she i want to be carrie i aspire to be carrie so i don't know if i am but that's like i want to i want to wear a fucking tool skirt to the fucking bodega i want to you know and get a cup of coffee and a, yeah. and a free thing you know what i mean like i want to always be dressed to the nines and sometimes when I see because I do tend to overdress quite a lot yes so and I, I but I love it like you you made me not afraid to wear jewelry you know what I mean like Anna was wearing jewelry before everybody was wearing jewelry and I know it's okay you know like everybody's wearing it now but like Anna has always been in hoops Anna has always been in multiple necklaces look at her even her glasses Today right she's now got, yeah, yeah like she's been a glass uh what do you pearl. call it yeah, right. she's always oh. been a, an adornment is no big thing for Anna. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of Carrie vibes here. I'm, I always, I just always wanted to sort of do that. Even when I over, that's what I say. Like I do to Danielle, so I, I definitely over, over adorn and overdress. And I always, when I'm walking out of the house, I'm feeling a little insecure. I like, I'm okay. Carrie fucking Bradshaw walks out in a goddamn, you know, ball gown to wherever the fuck she wants. And why not? That's right. So she she inspires me. <laughs> How about you, Dee? Guys, I think I'm such a Miranda. And that's not easy <laughs> to say in this day and age in terms of, like, no one ever wanted to be. You know, when I was watching The Sex and the City in my early 20s, like, no one wanted to be Miranda. And that's just truth, okay? And yeah. I didn't see myself as a Miranda But looking back, I don't think I was so like she was kind of bitter and over it even then. And I don't think I think I'm a little more positive. And so that part of Charlotte is me. Yeah. Um, But I'm not I don't I mean, Carrie, I'd like to 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 look like Carrie. And I think I try and. Like when she's just in like tank tops and jean shorts, like that part of me is Carrie. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to throw on the extra the extra thing. Um, my husband just walked in with me being like, when I'm in tank tops and jean shorts, he's just like, looked over like, what's happening? I think he walked in because he heard you identify as a Miranda. Yeah, and he, he was, was very like, upset. Are you going to blow up our marriage? <laughs> yes, are you going to leave me for uh, yeah. a comedian? Uh, but so, but I think like the part of me that like is ambitious, won't let anything stand in her way, sort of gets frustrated when her friends aren't talking sense. And aren't um, being them best, their best selves, a little judgmental. 
um, solid. I mean, if Miranda's in a Capricorn, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Oh, <laughs> you're so right. You know, Capricorn as, as they come. Yeah, I can say that as a fellow yeah, Cappy. Exactly. So I think I'm us goats. I, I think I'm I'm like overall. I'm a Miranda. And that's, again, I never would have said this at the time, but with age comes wisdom. And here I am. Here we are. I adore Miranda. I love her so much. She's great. I do too. She's the friend you too. always want. And need. Yeah, and need. Yeah. And would you say, D, I know you started dating Matt pretty young. Yeah, around but the time. Before that, were you a were you a Miranda in your single days? Well, what did those look like? Before I started dating Matt, I was at NYU. And... <laughs> You know, there weren't sure. straight uh, men everywhere. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> NYU theater department. Let me clarify. <laughs> so Even I, more straight. Yeah. Men. So you know, the the pool wasn't wide. It, but I mean, New York City was wide. But I was also a little nervous to like just go to some <clears> bar <throat> and meet some guy because you know I've always been like, well, they're obviously going to take me home and kill me and scare me. <laughs> so like that has always been. Again, Miranda would think that as well. So. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of sex. I was afraid of getting murdered. So, you know, I had to kind of know somebody before I would go to their apartment. Not before I would sleep with them, before I would just like <laughs> be taken to the second location. So, so I think that was my fear of just like, of being murdered by like in New York City by a psychopath, as opposed to like, you know, just having, sleeping with someone in you know, and not having them call the next day. Like, that wasn't my fear. Sure. Like, that was the least of my fears. So I didn't sleep around that much just because, like, in the people I knew were mostly and was friends with and liked to hang out with was mostly gay men. And then, sure. you know, because let's face it, who wants to hang out with a straight man? Ugh, so boring. I don't. I know I married one, but still, like, who do That's I want to hang out with? Gay men. That's all you need. And That's so my, my pool wasn't big. And so I didn't have a lot of sex in the city, but I was fucking horny as hell. <laughs> yeah, and well, as Bitch Sesh listeners know, you still are. Oh, yeah. And well, we salute you for that. I'll, I'll um, give it. I'll give it. But you just have to promise course. not to murder me. That's my own. Yeah. Anna, what about you? In the single days, were there like repeat oh. toxic men in the mix or what was going on? Yeah, I mean, I too was in New York and... Um, but I, you know, I mean, I'm born and raised there. So high school and I, I kissed a lot of frogs because I, um, it was sort of a, it was sort of a powerful feeling to sort of come into your own, you know, and New York was so different then, right? It wasn't like you couldn't get in contact with everybody at a drop of a hat. You had to find a pay phone or, you know, whatever. You had to leave your house. You had to leave your house. <laughs> you, leave your house. <laughs> you know, like. It was like meet at the front car of the one train at like 905, you know what I mean? And I was going out to the clubs and it was fun. Again, like mostly gay men um, and women were who I hung out with. But I was, I guess I was I had a Charlotte vibe in the sense of like, I did, I did have, I did kiss a lot of frogs. I definitely have the Samantha vibe of like, yeah, I'll try you. Like, I'll, I'll see what you got. <laughs> Sex wasn't really taboo for me. It wasn't a, it wasn't, um, I, I liked it. <laughs> yes, say it. <laughs> and, Preach. but I also, but oddly enough, but so I had that like Samantha vibe, but then I would, I, I was kind of, you know, like I would have relationships. So I was kind of like a monogamy whore. Like I kind of was like six yeah. months here, six months here, six months here with like whoever it was, you know what I mean? And so I guess I had that Charlotte vibe of like trying to find that person, but then getting really fucking bored with it and being like, nah, you're not the one. And when you entered those six month relationships, you were hoping this would be the guy, this would turn into marriage. I think so. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know if I thought of, I don't think I ever really thought I would get married. Me I always too. wanted to have like, kids. I, yeah. I wasn't thinking about marriage until at least my 30s, probably mid. Th you know, no, I got married at 33, but I wasn't thinking about marriage at all. Yeah. Marriage wasn't the end goal for me. So I'm not, that's a good question, Matt. I don't know what I thought. I just thought, I just thought love and, you know, passion yeah. and, 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 you know, like, I also like, I'm a really, <laughs> I'm like, the, I, a mom loves me and I love a mom. Like my boyfriend's moms were always like my jam. Like that thing when Carrie and 
back in Sex and City had to break yeah. up with her boyfriend. She was so broken hearted because she had to break up with the family too. So wasn't that, was that just? Of, wasn't yes. that Justin Theroux? Yes, it was. Yes, I mm. love that episode. It was like a nice Jewish family, and they, it was Linda Lavin. Linda Lavin. Yes. yes. Linda Lavin. So I that, that. I, it struck me because that was a lot of my relationships. <laughs> hey. I'm sure all those moms are still carrying a torch for you. I too. bet. I have no <laughs> doubt of that. I love a mom. I do. Who doesn't, you know? <laughs> so in this episode of And Just Like That, oh yeah, we open on sort of the worst Zoom interview ever. Carrie's promoting her book. She's talking to an interviewer who hasn't read her book. I've, I've been that interviewer many times, I've frankly. I've only like in that interview. Of, I have not read anyone's anything. Oh I'm always God. just like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, I, when we started doing homophilia, my thing was like, you know what? Let's not, let's not like prepare. Let's just wing it. If we don't know who this person is, we'll figure it out in the room. That's what the conversation's for, you know? And, and by the way, I, it never really works, you know, was there are so many cringeworthy moments. But this just got me thinking about bad interviews, bad work experiences, and in your cases, bad auditions. Yeah. I'd love to hear worst audition story ever, if, if you've got one. I mean, I definitely have a really bad audition story. I've got quite a few, but one really stands <laughs> out to me. And it was, for a change, it actually wasn't my fault that it was a terrible audition. It was, um, it was a, it was a chemistry read. And so the lead actor was in the room and he's, um, he just never, ever, ever, ever wear shoes. That's just like kind of his mm -hmm. thing. Like he just doesn't ever wear them or socks or anything like ever, Ew. not Gross. even like we were at we were at a studio lot, like in an office room, like not even a crock, not even a crock, not even a, you know, half sock, nothing. So that was, what do those things look like on the bottom? I hate to even imagine. It's so <laughs> gross. You can't even imagine. And, um, so I walk in and the scene was, I'm supposed to like dominate. I, my whole kink is that I dominate him and he's just supposed to play along with it. And so I'm a cop and I, um, you know, I pretend they think I'm going to arrest him and he has to like have sex with me or I'm going to arrest him. That's the scene. So I walk in and I'm getting ready to do the scene. And it's always weird when you do those scenes anyway, but I look under the table in front of him is a little girl. I mean, she must have been like nine. <laughs> I don't know. And you're doing like basically a sex scene. A Let's sex just... scene. Base of, yeah, exactly. And so she's under the table and she's like this little feral thing. And she's, you know, and she's, um, and she's just sitting there and, and he goes, so, uh, my kid's in the room. So instead of saying F me, cause I had to say F him, F fuck me, whatever. Instead of saying F me, just say, do me. And like, she <laughs> oh, wouldn't know wow. what the hell Thank I Thank you for saying, that. Right. Like she's so clueless. And then, and all the, Exactly. So like, yes, yes. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Just say, do me. Just say, great, great, great. And so she's sitting there. Not only is she sitting under the table, like staring at us, she's like chomping on an, on an apple, <laughs> like a little like feral. So she's like chomping the on this apple. One could eat. Yes, exactly. True. So we do the scene and I'm in the middle of it. And halfway through, maybe a little bit more, <laughs> she throws the apple. No. She throws the apple at me during the scene. And, you know, as one does, the show must go on. So I continue with the fucking scene. You didn't react to the I, fruit being I mean, I just you, sort like of like school vaudevillian. It, you know, I was like, oh, fucking litterers, you know, who's littering? You can't. God, what a pro. So awful. So, so I do the scene. The, they give me notes. Nobody oh, mentioned. What about no one gave the girl a note? No. Don't throw your fucking apple child. No, nobody <laughs> talked about the child under the table eating an apple and throwing it at me. Nobody. So they give me a, an adjustment for the scene, as it were. And then, uh, and he just looks at her right before we're going to go again. And he goes, hey, shh, shh, like a Caesar <laughs> Milan. Like, like you do to a dog, you yes. know, like, <laughs> or I wouldn't do that to my dog, but I've seen like dog trainers yeah. do that like to the, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> So then we do the scene again. Now in the scene, he he throws a paper a candy wrapper on the ground, and that's when I'm sort of like pick that up and like like dom him, and um, 
And uh, so we do the scene and he throws the thing and we're going on and then just out from under the table, her hand comes and grabs the candy wrapper and snatches it back in and is like crinkling the candy wrapper through the rest of the scene. You know what I picture as you say this? You know, like Dobie the house elf in like Harry Potter? (laughs) Totally. One thousand percent. Oh, and also she was covered in like a Sharpie. She she had a Sharpie and she was just like drawing all over herself. God. As a mother, oh I want to scream right now. Oh, Sharpie. She sounds Danielle. like Nell. Yes. It was like, yeah, a <laughs> pie. It was so fucking bananas. And anyway, that was the, and I left that scene like I thought, I was like, I'm being punk. This is no, this isn't, this can't be a thing. Like, this can't be real, but I booked it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's my girl. And you earned it. I wow. did. Terrible. Was she in the scenes too when you actually filmed them to give you motivation, <laughs> to give you what you needed in those scenes? No, just him and his bare feet. Ugh. Gross. Oh, God. Yeah. What about you, Danielle? Well, I don't have quite the storied career as an actress, you know, again. Oh, disagree. You're, you're, you're a journey woman of your own. I am Amen. a journey woman. Journeying into writing when the acting didn't pay out. That's what the journey took me. Um, but yes, I have had some bad auditions and most of them my fault. And this one as well. So when I have an allergy attack, my eyes water, especially my left one. Like for some reason, that one like just starts pouring tears. And that's how it reacts. So I go to audition for some multicam sitcom, like some broad kind of like uh, to play, obviously, someone's friend that's like get back out there girl or whatever <laughs> the only roles that i ever auditioned for <laughs> you play the hell out of them yes yeah, you gotta get right. back out there i feel like i said so many times like get back out there and i didn't get those parts like i think other friends got those but i definitely auditioned for like get out there <laughs> um so anyway i was you know some broad sitcom just jokes and laughs and I get in there and I start to have one of these allergy attacks. Like I'm obviously, you know, allergic to something in the room. So as I'm saying these lines, like, girl, get back out there. Like, you got this. And like some stupid joke, a t- tears start pouring <laughs> out of my left eye. Just pouring. Like, it looks like I am having a full-blown panic attack or mental (laughs) breakdown where like I'm saying these lines and laughing but I'm crying at the same time like a crazy person and then they stop the audition and they're like is everything okay (laughs) and I'm like yeah it's fine sometimes my eye does this let's keep going and then so it's like and it just gets worse with me being like you know what he said or that's what he said but like again tears just pouring out of my eye. And I don't know why I couldn't like acknowledge it or stop it or say, can I have a few minutes and like get my bearings? But it is just like the, you know, the, the train had left the tracks and I was just like, the show must go on. The show must go on. But it, I do think that those people, if they were to see me now marching on the lines, be like, oh, there's that poor girl who had like a mental breakdown and our lash and that, and now she's turned to writing because she, she just had a mental breakdown about where her acting career was and in the middle of it. I think they were like, you know what? She's just too powerful as a dramatic actress. The emotion that she was bringing to the role wasn't right for that. I felt like one of those moms who's like having a nervous, like, I'm okay. I'm so okay. Like smiling, but crying. Like that's the vibe I was giving off. And so that was, oh, it was so, I'll never forget. It was so bad. I mean, I've also like, and I've also like shit my pants before auditions, but like this is. This was the worst. <laughs> I've literally been in the MTV building. I'll never forget it. Shit my pants and threw my pants in a garbage can. And then like, the show must go. <laughs> Did you have another un- set of a pair of pants? No, have- my underwear yeah. I had shit in. So oh. I put, I just have such a clear memory of throwing the underwear in a garbage, like, you know, wetting myself down, like, sh- like sprucing my like French bathing it. And then like going into an audition, like in a jean with no underwear on and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> like, I am dead from that. Ugh, the worst. God, the commitment. <laughs> Do you all remember that episode where Samantha does a like an unfortunate facial laser treatment and she ends up looking real, real red? She's like, oh, my skin. 
perfect impression, by the way. Um, well, I have been there because I'm a retinol user. And as I'm sure you know, retinol has its upsides, but it also can cause redness and irritation. So I'm always looking for a skincare routine that's going to help me combat that redness and that irritation and do everything else. And I have finally found it with One Skin. One Skin is here to help you simplify your skincare regimen. One Skin proves you don't need a complicated routine to achieve better skin. Their topical supplements make it easy to help your skin stay younger and healthier without all the extra steps. And One Skin is more than skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. If you get started today, you get 15% off using code LIKEMAT at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code LIKEMAT. And after you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Let them know that you heard about them right here on And Just Like Matt. It's time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in the health of your skin with One Skin. Hey, question for you. Do you like to eat? Do you like to save money? Do you like flexibility and ease? Well, then I couldn't help but wonder, have you ever heard of Factor? Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They make eating better every day easy. These are two-minute meals, restaurant-quality food. It's ready to heat and eat whenever you are. And right now, if you go to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50, you're going to get 50% off. I'm talking snacks. I'm talking smoothies. I'm talking breakfast, midday bites, and more. And by the way, they've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. It's flexible for your schedule, as much or as little as you need. You can choose six to 18 meals per week. You can pause, reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals, 100% ready to eat and eat. Head over to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50 to get 50% off. That's code LIKEMAT50 at factormeals.com slash LIKEMAT50 to get 50% off. So we also, in this episode, get a glimpse into Miranda and Naya as new roommates and what that dynamic is like. And then we've got, you know, Seema going on errands with Carrie because the theme of the show is making new friends later in life. And, you know, some of us, our dance cards are full. You know, we're not really looking to let any, any, anybody new in. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on making friends as an adult? Because as we know, inherently, it's awkward. You know, most of my friends are from like my 20s or earlier. <laughs> I think it's hard. I, You know, the only new friends I've made have been through my kids' school, you know. And I like Paloma's when my my daughter, who's older, she went into school and that was still cool. Like, it was like, oh, we're, this is new and everything, you know? And so I still, I have those mom friends and they're actually quite a yummy, delicious, funny group of women. Um, my son, however, on the other hand, I don't, I don't want to know them. I don't want to talk to them. I'm not I find to- that with most of my friends with two kids, I only have one, but like with most of my friends with two kids, that seems to happen. Like the older kid gets all the mom friends. Yeah. And then the second kid is like, fuck you bitches. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. Not- <laughs> I don't want to, I can't. And also they're just all kind of lame too. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the school. I have no idea, but like, man, they probably gonna listen to this and be like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> um, but if you're I- listening, you're the exception to the rule. Of course. <laughs> not, not you. Not you. Not you. <laughs> the only um, mom friend I made with um, Rafa, and she's actually like my dearest, dearest friend. And she, we met because of our nannies and who we call like the nanny mafia. They were sort of like, you two have to be friends because they were best friends. And Aww. so, and Rafi was just a newborn and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And it was so awful. And like Paloma was the most perfect baby ever. And I was like, you guys, I'm an amazing mom. This is so easy. I don't know what anybody is talking about. And then Rafi comes along and I was like, well, (laughs) this is a devil baby. I'm I'm ruined. I'll never make it through. And so my friend Emily and she and I have, have, because she had a son the same age. So they're Rafi and her son are best friends and, and we're best friends, but I think it's, I think adult relationships are really difficult to sort of navigate because how, 
you know, like how personal do you get? Do people want to hear your shit? You know, how do they know your history? Do they know like why you are the way you are? You know, a lot of your friends from your twenties and thirties can sort of forgive a lot of your crazy because they're grandfathered in or you're grandfathered in. And you know, you, you have that history, but a new person, like, you know, there's like, if I don't text you back in a day and then they're like, you know, why are you? It's like, no, no, you gotta (laughs) go. We're done. This isn't going to be a friendship, you know? So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't made a friend in like 20 years. (laughs) I mean it. (laughs) Like I've had women, specifically women, just because of the mom stuff come in and out of my life, like with Sydney's schools, like, but I'm not like, I like them and I enjoy them and we have some laughs. But a real friend who I'm, like, giving just my gross terribleness to, like, who will see me beyond the – beyond everything, who know my my darkness and, and still are, are friends. Like, I haven't made one in a long – Anna might be la- – no, I think my girlfriend, Andrea Savage – I became good friends with her like right before I got married. And I think that was the, I was like, all right, shop's closed. Right. <laughs> After that, you were Lock like, like door. every reality vision, like, uh, reality closing time. Ever, like, you can't. <laughs> not looking to make friends. Yeah. You know, like I, it, again, I've met some lovely people and lovely. I like them. Yeah. But the last sort of person that I like really like showed everything to and like and yeah we cannot talk for like three months and then we come back you know or whatever yeah you don't have to text them back like it's not personal you get together you sometimes you don't see each other for four months but then like when you do you tell them everything yeah that's like like me and you Mm -hmm. yeah exactly like and and like you just have a language and a love that will always be there like I haven't done that in a while I really think so I know other people I know have, and I'm shocked by it, and I'm honestly angered by it. Like, anytime someone makes a new friend, like, you know, Matt, that Casey has, like, a bunch of new friends. Casey has a new friend, and I know I just gave her a hard time and said, I know no one needs another podcast for me, but I am starting one, and it's a true crime investigation into who this new friend of yours is. We're all so suspicious because they're so close so fast. And I know it's been talked to, uh, Casey and I have talked about it in our podcast. <laughs> It's really become a discussion because it just feels unnatural. I mean, I don't have kids. The the parent friend thing is also kind of a foreign concept. To me, it it sounds harder. I know for some people it's just there's just sort of a natural shared language because you have this overlap of your kids. But I'm like, that's not enough for me. Adding in the awkward element of like wondering if they're also judging your parenting on top of everything else. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. But I am curious your thoughts about just how parenting is reflected in and just like that because you know we saw Miranda flying home at the drop of a hat to help Brady after he got dumb we've got Charlotte trudging through a a bomb cyclone to buy condoms for Lily do you see yourselves as moms reflected here at all I mean, I can definitely, I think the Brady thing, a lot of people were, were talking smack about it. Like who would, you know, drop everything and leave. But I'm so, (laughs) I'm so obsessed with my son. Like, I can't even tell you. And if he, you know, had his heart broken by somebody or was in distress or was feeling really, really upset like that, where he's sobbing, you know, and, and, and really reaching out to you, which I think, especially if, if he's a teenager, he's an older kid. They don't do that as much. So I think as a mom, those moments are really special. I would fly home in a hot second to see my son and to be the one. If he chose me to be there for him, yeah. child, please. Yeah. I would, and especially like we didn't like that girl anyway, his girlfriend. And just to be like, you know, to be able to just be like, yeah, that fuck that bitch. You're too good for her. And, you know, just like to do all of that stuff would be so I I totally bought every single second of of Miranda being on the plane next plane home a hundred percent. The condom thing that was tough. Wasn't that tough for you, Danielle? I don't know. I mean, I would want Paloma to be safe, and and you love that that Lily wasn't good. You know, was waiting until she got condoms, which is very responsible. But Lily also looks like such a little kid. Like it's, I know, I know. know. It's hard because yes, I think 
With the Brady thing, yes, I would have been there in, a, in two seconds flat. Are you two kidding seconds me flat. when your kid calls and is hysterical crying? And oh my God, yes, no question. Um, uh, with yeah, that condom thing is a hard thing because I'm also like, well, a part of me wanted to be like, well, maybe this isn't the right time. Like, why do you have to do it today? If you yeah, but then she was condom? like, well, I'm gonna pull out then. I know, we, and yeah, I was like, like ah. and everybody, that's not a method though. We've all. Done it that. don't work. <laughs> Let me tell you all right now, from experience, that shit don't work. Exactly, okay? it's not the a pull-out method. Children, if you're listening, a friend of PSA. mine. It's not an. A friend of mine went to the doctor with his girlfriend. I'll never forget this story. He told me he went to the doctor with his girlfriend, and the doctor was like, "Cause I think she had like some infection or something," and. And he was, and the doctor was like, "Well, what sort of birth control are you using?" And he goes, "Oh, the pull-out method." And he goes, "That's." not a method of birth control <laughs> like, like that's not and he that's said he's never felt so ashamed in his life like just hearing that from like a medical professional <laughs> like look at him like he was an insane yeah. person but um yeah I think I'd do it I think I would I think yeah, I, I would think want I would her too. to be safe and I think I'd want her to know she was in my corner and that sex is not shameful and even yeah. though I'm scared she's co- again she's coming to me for help that's right. I need to help her as opposed to shame her at that moment or try to talk her out of it because because you can't you know it's like I I've already I hope that I've already armed you with all my all the thoughts about like here's sex this is the emotional part this is the physical part like I hope I've armed you with all the knowledge and my experience and and given you my thoughts and now I have to kind of let you do your thing if I don't think you're in danger if I don't think it's you're in just too hard danger. to think about but it is a, it is it is <sighs> what it, it's gonna be I know it's so and so I thought to me I like <clears throat> that scene also because it felt charlotte like sometimes yeah. I feel yeah. like like that to me felt like classic Charlotte like trying to do the right thing and arguing with herself and like I felt like Charlotte's gotten from me the short end of the stick a little bit in and just like that like sometimes she's I think sometimes um she hasn't gotten the storylines that I want for her like that I felt for her in the original where I think the other women have gotten a little meatier yeah I think that's right but I thought this episode and the episode with Harry where he wasn't where he was having like ghost come like those to me were like good Charlotte episodes you know what I mean Charlotte's getting some good comedy yes but I thought like but more than just comedy, they were like based in reality. Whereas I think like, like, I don't know. She's, she hasn't been given what I wanted her to be given, I think. And now she's getting it later in the season. I feel. I love that Charlotte's sort yeah. of like the closet freak too. She's like, she's you know, always been a yeah, closet she freak. Has. The horniest. She has. Like someone said, someone again in my sex and city research, which no one <laughs> asked for. <laughs> Somebody said that, like, Charlotte, like, if you count all the people that the, all the ladies have fucked on the show, like, she's fucked the most. Like, yeah, beyond Samantha, Charlotte gets down. She gets down. Like, she was looking for marriage, but she was fucking everybody. God bless her. No stone Yeah, unturned. she was treating it like a job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'll admit with the, the Brady thing, um, you know, when it came to, like, Miranda interrupting Che's pilot taping with the phone and all that stuff. I, I was team Che a little bit, but you both set me straight <laughs> in an earlier conversation about this because I think you're right that, first of all, even a hint that like Brady might have hurt himself, it's no question, you gotta go. But I think that the L.A. monster in me was so caught up in the like, oh, yeah, but it's Chase Pilot and it's a multicam taping. You know, but also that I the most see past unbelievable part is that they made her wait on that line. If she, oh my God. If Chase totally. is the star of that goddamn show, no way. Miranda would not be on that line. She'd be sh- she'd be shuttled in in like a VIP. Yes, they would have That's taken right. her phone, but she would have been like that to me. I was like, well, now I'm out of here. Yeah. Like now I can't believe anything that's There's happening. There's no way she's This is the thing that Furman. comes up more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, in in the show's defense, which is my main you know stance on everything, 
I do buy that Che was so kind of thoughtless in giving their reps the like list of guests or whatever for the taping that they didn't bother to say like, oh, and these people are VIPs who like should have like a drive on and they should be the VIP. They should be no. like. No, Mar- Miranda should have left just because she was made to wait in line. That's how I feel. <laughs> like Miranda had cause to leave the minute she had to wake with General Pop. Sorry, that is not okay. how it goes. That it's is just not. It just isn't that relationship was on the outs the minute that happened i would have been out of there sorry no no many of you will recall in the classic film sex in the city part that's right talking about the sequel our beloved samantha is going through menopause she has a whole bunch of hormones she's taken they all get confiscated at the airport so then they're on their trip she's uh eating a bunch of hummus because she thinks it's going to alleviate the symptoms well if only samantha had access to this week's sponsor hormone harmony hormone harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause menopause or postmenopause. it's become a phenomenon women are talking about this nonstop on social media A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. And right now you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com when you use promo code like Matt. Now, Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony. They're dedicated to making women's lives easier. That means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code LIKEMAT at checkout. That's H-A-P-P-M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com, promo code LIKEMAT for 15% off your first order. Well, meanwhile, back on the East Coast, Carrie is having this awkward run-in with her old writing partner, who's played by Rachel Dratch. That was hilarious. She's holding a grudge. Love her. And you know, this friend breakup thing is kind of a recurring theme of the show. Obviously, we have the fallout with Samantha. Have either of you ever experienced a friend breakup? Yeah, I have. It's like a, it's almost, I don't know, I've never been divorced, but it, it has that kind of weight to it. When it's a really dear friend, it it it's so devastating and it takes, it, and if it's if it's something where it's you know like because you fight with your friends all the time but when it's a for real breakup that's like a, it's a really intense thing and you have this hole in your life and you're kind of always reaching for the phone or you know to text or to laugh about a certain thing and um, and you realize you can't sort of do that anymore and it's <clears throat> it's 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 like a divorce and I've had I've yeah. only had two. Um, breakups. One was, uh, you know, a decade ago, probably with someone that I had known for a long, long, long time. And then one was more recent. And it is so, um, it's so, I don't even have the word because it's such a new experience. I don't, I don't even know where to put it. I don't even know how to, how to like handle it. I I don't, I don't have a therapist, which is what I really fucking need. (laughs) That's what we're here for. That's what we're getting to. That's what podcasting is for. I need it. I need it. Podcasting, we pay you for therapy. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's, it's so difficult because there's also the thing of, for me is that I don't want to live with any grudges. I don't want to live with any mad and anger. So, so, so it's a breakup, but it's, 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 like it's more of a sort of like a drift apart it was like there was the there was the breakup but then there was the sort of like you know tepidly sort of reaching out here and out checking in you know which is there and it's the check-in and so so it's not like a breakup breakup. yeah but it's it's not the same there's not that same level of sort of you know, familia, there's not that same sort of, of yeah. level of, of trust there anymore. So now it's just this, it's like, it's like a mom friend now, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's breakups are hard. I've definitely had them more traumatically in my youth, but more heartbreaking in my adulthood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yes, much. Because in your youth, it's a little more like, ah, like no one knows how to handle emotions. We can't be mature. Yeah. You know, it's like we're in your adulthood. It's like people you've lived through a lot of stuff with and you guys needed each other so much and yes. like went through 
so much together. But at the same time, as we get older, we kind of realize what we need in our life and what's not right in our life and what feels right and what feels hard and like life feels harder as you get older guys I know they say it gets better but it does not <laughs> it's true um, this is a hard part of it yeah and, and and I think for me it's always been kind of what you were saying Anna I don't know that I've had a formalized one the way I have with like romantic breakups right but just there's been a big blow up you know something is fractured that can't be repaired but then there's sort of a fake makeup yes. that mm-hmm. happens where you're sort of like Housewives telling makeup. each other that it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And then there's just a slow drift off until you're just not talking anymore. Yeah. Do you think um, Ariana and Rachel, or Raquel, Rachel will ever get to that? Will they ever no. have like a fake makeup? No. Oh, great question. <laughs> you think? No. No, no I fake mean, makeup for them? They can't. How do you come back from that? You can be like, I will not hunt you down and kill you. But I, you know what I mean? Like she... Again, Tom is the one that's really to blame, but Raquel was her friend. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, not thing, to bring though, in yeah. Vanderpump. Like, to Matt's point, like, breakup, romantic breakups are, are easier in a sense because it's yes. like, fuck that, you're out. Like, it's, you know, I'm just... That, There's clarity. It's clarity, and, it, and you don't need it, to be quite frank. Whereas you're, at least for me, my girlfriends are, like, oh, yeah. my life... Like, I... That's, I mean, another reason probably why Sex and the City means so much to me. It's like, they're their friendship i love watching it i relate to it i i i i I, it's me it's us it's you know it's well that's why samantha is so like we that's why i think we're all so devastated like i am not that devastated by big's death like right again like it was awful you know and tough but my god the samantha thing i'm never getting over it like i'm not I'm not, I miss her, I miss her like water. You know what I mean? And I I just do, I miss those great scenes. She was such an important part of the show. And I know stuff went down with them personally. I understand, but I miss my friend, Samantha. Uh Yeah. And so I'm, the loss is another character in the show for me. Totally. For better and for worse. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. It all runs so deep for me. It's funny, like, before we started working on this show, our producer Renee and I, this is a weird side tangent about a podcast idea that never came to fruition, but long and the short of it is the idea was, we were going to call it, like, a class reunion, and it was going to be about, like, your former high school best friends that you had some kind of falling out with or, you, or the relationship changed and, like, forcing a conversation <gasps> where you actually, like, admit to each other why oh my God. you can't be friends as adults. But it was truly because there are, like, high school best friends that I'm not friends with anymore where I was like, I can never have those conversations. But if I had a podcast, it's the perfect excuse. It's the perfect container to make us do it. And the only reason we didn't was that when it came time to actually reach out to sort of number one person in particular, I couldn't really get her to respond Ah! to even engage enough in a conversation for me to be like, hey, could we talk and also record it Ah! and put it out there for thousands of people to hear? So it never came to be. I I don't even know why I'm bringing it up other than that. Well, I think it's it's so fraught. Friendship breakups are so fraught. I'd sooner talk to someone I dated and broke up than talk. Like it's easier. 100%. It's so much much easier. easier. Yeah, because, because there's that person nothing I don't there. have. Yeah, I don't have feelings for those people yeah. anymore. But I, I have a hundred percent feelings for those friends. Like still. they are still in my heart, in my soul. Absolutely. Good times, bad times. Like they make me who I am. A thousand percent. Yes. It's deep. I would use this as a moment to segue into what our listener voicemail is about. But I'll admit I don't remember what the call is. But we're gonna find out Ooh. right now if we have one available, Renee. Hi, Matt. This is definitely a pragmatic question, but I've been married for about two years now and some advice, very shallow wedding advice that I once received was the success to a happy marriage is two separate bathrooms. And I rolled my eyes at that, but now I believe it more than ever. And some of the major disagreements are around the bathroom. We only have one. It's all about, you know, who poops first? How many products can each of us have? It's becoming a tension, and I want to know if you had any advice or strategies to, you know, 
be adults sharing a bathroom. One day, maybe we'll have two, but for now, we need help. Wow. That's hard, man. That's tough. Two bathrooms is the key to a, a healthy. Yeah, I think right. it's. I think the answer is move. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. Yeah, or go to the closest Starbucks in the morning. So <laughs> make him do it. Girls can't do that. No. Well, yes, one of you should do that. <laughs> God, it's really tough. You know, it I've is. I've never faced a question this hard. I'm, and I. Have... I know. I'm trying to think of like storage solutions because the amount of products I have are so insane. There's absolutely no way anyone could tell me to not have the and just no my husband would be uh, he, he needs, could go first yeah he needs to find a different place for his products in the house i would mm-hmm. say the things he needs immediately because mm-hmm. men do not do what we do at night and in the morning so he needs shaving cream in there a razor and his brush if he even needs that and his toothbrush okay those things he can keep there everything else needs to go into another yeah. section of the house in the kitchen find him a drawer find him a cabinet or you could have like one of those little things you bring to camp you know yes. those like little or at college like a caboodles or <laughs> i'm sorry but yeah, i think that's if, great. if you are married to a man then you have to, he has to let you be the priority in the bathroom that's just that's just happy wife happy happy life that's just common sense That's and fair. this is also like not to th- but like a straight man because i do right. i will give more stuff to a gay man oh yeah uh, because because you need more pro- Frankly, you know like we it. all need sure, to sure. <laughs> we yeah but she's to. married so i mean yeah so i i think she said a, a man i believe we're talking about a straight couple mm-hmm. yeah it's tough i mean I, I i agree with all of that i would also add that gosh i think that Pooping discussions do not have a place in the marriage. Wow. Agreed. I think that, Agreed. you know, a lot of people love to no. have their laughs about that. And, you know, when I lived with my best friend and we were roommates, we had a lot of laughs in that area. <laughs> but I prefer to pretend that's simply not something that my body that's does correct. around my husband. We're also talk- talking about two men, whatever. No one wants to be thinking about that. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Agreed. I, I think... completely agree with it. I don't, I it absolutely, as far as he knows, I'm like a magical human that just doesn't have any and that's how it should bodily be. functions whatsoever. Yeah, and so if that means like one person just has to agree that assuming one of you works outside the home, that's where you go. You try to sort of get onto a, you know, a schedule, a cycle. And maybe where... there's something that you can sacrifice that is important to him. In other words, like if he makes, if he says, okay, you get priority bathroom time, maybe there's something that you can sort of, you know, that you both have a shared space with that you can sort of let go of. Like maybe, you know, he gets a shelf in the refrigerator that's all his like junky shit that you don't like to eat. I don't know. I'm just, but I'm saying like, maybe there's a way for it to even out in another section of the house. Maybe he gets the desk, you know, that you both share or, or something like that so that he doesn't sort of feel like he's, you know, being put out or whatever. But I definitely think he needs to pry you he, he needs to let you have the bathroom dibs and he can use it when you're not in there, whenever that may be. And I will yeah. say this, these are hard times for everybody. I realize that. Um, and so we all need to make the sacrifices we do. And if you have to stay at this place as long as you have to, yes. But the minute you can move <laughs> even if you like, get even if it's a smaller place like yeah. just just Agreed. this like it doesn't have to be a bigger a place. worse neighborhood yes and, farther away yeah. from your job whatever and also, it is you don't need two full baths when my no, husband and I first bath. moved into to our um to our when we moved in together it was a one-bedroom apartment it had one full bathroom and then one basically toilet room it was like a room with a toilet and a sink. room with a hole <laughs> a toilet and a that's sink and i was need. like have fun because that's yours oh this is that mine. yeah matt and it was first house and anna you've been in that house remember that little house I that did. tiny little yeah. bungalow i think you helped build my ikea shelves in that I house did. so god bless you house. you so that had a bathroom and then like a tiny basically toilet hole in the back yes. and matt matt we call that a marriage yes saver. that's right and that I mean, my husband is six two. He could not even like fully put his legs out <laughs> in that bathroom. But I was like, "That is where you shit, sir. Like that is your hole. That is I won't even That's go right. in there. What I didn't you even go in there. Yeah, 
What you do in there is your business. I don't care. Keep anything you don't need me to see in there because that is where I will not go. You That's right. And that and so we can both shower in here, but that is That's your right. room. Yeah, he no one have to shower in the full bathroom, which was yeah. fine. But other than that, no sir. And that house was no, teeny tiny. That, I mean, was that a house teeny was tiny. a te- like a. I think yeah. it was no square footage, like just. And we ate on our laps. I don't even think we had a, a dining room table. We ate on our laps, like, and that, yeah. and we were fine with that. Like, it was a small house, but again, that half bath that I think the person that lived there before us built into a room, which again, <laughs> that is a, something you know you Whatever can do takes. as well. Just make it happen. Yeah, watch a couple YouTube videos. You could probably do it. You could DIY this whole. <laughs> I must bring up the iconic Sex and the City episode where Miranda is dating a guy who's a you know opens the door going when he to the shifts. bathroom with the door. Oh yes. no, uh, Jim Daff again Jim plays Gaffigan. him and pee. We'll pee in front yeah. of each other. Yeah, I mean, sure. We've been married. Yeah, but poop. No, no, no. That door is no, closed. Or if, he ha- if I happen to have left the door open, and I'm upstairs and he's downstairs, and then he comes i'm like no like i scream like get out get out like like like, i do i'm like get away i'm pooping like you know it's like i can't i need you to be far away far away far away so we end episode six on this big moment Carrie's finally sending her email to Aiden. Oh. Whoosh. She closes the laptop. It goes off. Next week, we're going to find out what happens. So it's one of the big moments we've all been waiting for. What are your hopes and dreams and predictions for how this reunion is going to play out? Guys, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I don't think her and Aiden are meant to be together. They've never meant to be together. I agree. Okay. I like, so I'm glad like I love Aiden, but she has hurt him twice. You can't go back a third time. So to go back, I would honestly, and you guys are going to be shocked. You guys are going to be upset by this. I'd rather her see. I'd rather see Carrie go back to Burger. Stop. Danielle. It's Danielle. You're just you're just trolling us. I am not trolling us, guys. I am not. And maybe it's just because I really love Ron Livingston. But the actor who played oh, Burger, but Burger guys, I'm attracted to Burger in that way. I thought that they again they had weird sex. Remember when it was like super quiet? And they were yes, <laughs> yeah. But they figured it out, and I don't know, guys. Like, I just I, I she's hurt Aiden too many times. You cannot go. You can go back once. You can't go back twice. And we saw him in Abu Dhabi. If you yes. in the marketplace. Yeah. Oh, we just rewatched Sex and the City 2, which I got to say, it's better than you remember. Is it? it? That was yeah, so The cultural uh, stuff is you? obviously. I watch one all the there's time. There's some tough moments. And Anna and I yeah. went and saw the original movie together. We were in the theater together. Do you remember? When it, oh, I mean, that was a magical, forget. magical day. Magical. I mean, the, Arc Light. Oh, it was R. so R. fun. I can't believe we did go see that together. Do you we remember? Saw it together. The collective gasp in the theater when he revealed that closet. I'll never forget so, it. I'll never. I mean, I felt like I was with all my people, you know, we in were. L.A. That's a very rare, a very rare feeling when it's you're a wonderful a- night. I have I, I'm literally like I have like like goosebumps thinking about it. it was a great night. I'll never forget it. It's a great night. It was such a wonderful night. And what a great and that movie. I love I love that first perfect movie. movie. There's like so literally nothing fucking wrong with that. much. And again, Kristen Davis was given great stuff to do in that movie. Uh, that scene where Samantha's feeding her the yogurt oh. and she like. Oh, well, yeah. Well, part one, perfect. Perfect no, movie. Uh, perfect full movie. stop, period. Yeah, but yeah. part two was rough for every. I, I, yeah. I'd part like to go back to see some moments, it. though. Does it? That, that re- we were really surprised by how much we enjoyed it. But I bring it up because her her. Her cross with Aiden in that mm-hmm. is so hot. Yes. So and hot. It's like I did forget what great chemistry they had with each mm-hmm. other. I might need to watch you know, it again to want it again. You know, like I. I think I we all should just back. to get ourselves ready for this reunion. I, but I'm with you, Danielle, in that like. Do I think she's meant to be with Aiden? No, not really. But and just like I never thought she was meant to be with Big either. I did. You know, oh, I did. Um, I did. You did. And that's yeah, why seeing absolutely. her with that like podcast guy was like, oh no, this? that was just that a filler. Was, 
But I, oh, yeah. I didn't want her to like that. There was no chemistry. I don't. No. God bless that actor. I'm sure he's great. He is great. Was, I know him. He's actually wonderful. You, I bet he's wonderful. He, he did. Just, yeah, he there was, was perfect no, for the role. And he's hot AF, but it just wasn't. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't so I want but to that see. was all by design because yeah. it's so. like it, when you're when you're that fragile and you are having as she called it exit out of grief sex you need somebody <laughs> so safe yeah. somebody you know you're not going to get too attached to yeah. it's just easy no you know if he, if he was if he was a little dangerous a little a little you know we, like super funny or dark yeah it wouldn't have been safer can her. we talk about and I'm sorry to take over your podcast in this way Matt and ask Please. a question but who is there an actor we would love to see her with? Ooh. Oh, God. I feel like Michael and I just had this conversation mm. and we hit on somebody so good. Is there and somebody now, out there for Carrie that you could feel like as... Oh, uh, Dermot Mulroney. <gasps> he just belongs in, 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 in that world. Oh, my God. The fact that he wasn't on Sex and the City originally is just wrong. Oh, I'm going to say... She should give him a world. I'm going to say a name. Okay. Say it. Oscar Isaac. Ooh. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Can't you see Can that? he be funny, that? though? A younger man. I think he can. Think he oh, can be yeah. funny? I think he can. Hmm. I've decided this. I've never seen it. I have no proof of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one, you know, but. I bet he could be funny. I bet he could be funny. Uh, yeah. Or we could go, you know, who I do think there's chemistry with. It's a shame that he peed on her. Was or oh, that he yeah. wanted to pee on her was uh what's his name from yeah. Mad Men John from Slattery Madden. oof oh yeah that was some hot chemistry he was the those two yes they had yeah. chemistry with a capital C what if he and but she doesn't like to be peed on understandable yeah gross. Um, but that was some chemistry yeah that was yeah that was hot I love Dermot Mulroney yeah I think that's really good wow yeah I'd like to see him. I don't know. I like your burger idea. Danielle and I had this conversation before about burger, which is that actually bringing him back in season three would be an amazing. I would love to see where he's at. Like, does he, did he get married enough kids? Did he find someone that's going to put up with him? He left her with a post-it. A post-it. I mean, I would like to talk about unfinished business. Yeah. I mean, I think just, I want, I want, I want, Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, uh, Carrie probably does too. I want revenge. I, I didn't like and the what way, does it look any, like to like try to handled it afterwards when she was at bed and she, they were making fun of her when she was like, your friend broke up with me on a post-it and they were like, you're a fucking wackadoo. Like I want all right. of them to have their comeuppance. Him and yes. his whole posse. Yeah, because there's no way that he hasn't over the years been like, Wow, I have to make amends to the woman that I broke up with on a fucking post. Or they just run into each other. just somebody I did. I mean, think of the comedic and also, like, we all have thoughts about Burger. Like, and Matt, you're the person, I'm going to say you're the person to write this episode. And I don't know what they're doing for season three. But if there is anyone that could treat Sex in the City with the love and humor and gravitas that it deserves. Yeah. And I mean, I you single-handedly are responsible for bringing Samantha back. So right. there's that. Right, as I've reminded everybody many times. Okay, and Thank we'll do you. it again. But I do feel like mm-hmm. I I do think, you know, God bless these writers and they're great. But, you they know, are. they always need fresh blood every season. It's always good to get some new people in and out. Yeah. And fresh young voice. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you like, can write a part for a Puerto Rican friend. Who, you know, I mean, I mean, mm. there needs to be a Puerto Rican on this show, for God's sake. It's in New York. Absolutely. For I mean, what Thank is happening? You. Thank you. Where are all the Boricuas in this show? <laughs> Thank you. And see, there, she's coming in season three. I could tell you that much. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's, you know, Burger's wife. <gasps> and he's going through an ugly divorce with her. And then maybe, and... oh, wait. And then here's the spin. Burger told her that he knew this girl, Carrie, and she broke up with him badly. And then so she goes after him and she's like, I heard you did this. And then they have to, and Carrie's like, I saved the post-it. Wow. <laughs> Do you Guys, think I'm Carrie's yes. spinning? Maybe. Think God, that's a great it. question. Maybe she saved she it in an old journal. She's a writer, so she yeah. might save like journals and have put it in a journal or something like, this was so unbelievable yeah. that I need to believe this. And so she goes into her storage and she and she. I can't do this. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Not even you. You wrote it better than he did on it. I think he just what goes, he... "I can't. Sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hate oh, me." Oh yes! yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't hate me. Ah. Too late. Too all about. It's late. Too late. About but I would like to see that come up in for Carrie. Yes. In season three, and most importantly, Burgers. You know, soon to be new ex-wife, <laughs> played by Anna Ortiz, and maybe, maybe Carrie's also venting to a new gal pal whose whole persona is girl. Get back out get there. Back get out back there. Cries, <laughs> but cries why she says it. Inexplicably crying. <laughs> she says it. Yes. Yes. So there this you go. Is what season, want to see. season three and just like that. Pretty much ready to go. Wow. <laughs> Cut and print, guys. And Just Like Matt is a WOW podcast production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkey. Our executive producer is Renee Colbert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. 